Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. It is currently 11.10 p.m. East Coast time, Sunday, November 24th. We're going to break down the Monday night football showdown slate for the NFL Week 12 between the Los Angeles Rams and the Baltimore Ravens. So before we get into it, welcome to the channel. If you are new here, my name is Sal Vetri. I do indeed cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets. You can find my social media accounts linked up down below. Instagram, I'll release some stories here and there. Uh, as well as posts on exclusive content, giveaways, and just releases for free for only Instagram followers to see. Twitter, at DFS. You can follow me over there on Twitter as well for uh, content updates as well as informational drops. You can go over on Patreon, linked up down below. Uh, Patreon backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. Uh, easier way to get there is just linked up in this podcast and YouTube video description. So check that out if you want to support me over there. Uh, lots more content goes out over there about double to triple of what I do on YouTube each week for not only the NFL, but also the NBA. If you're interested in that, more podcast episodes, um, projections, game-by-game notes, lots of things go out over there. You can check all that out, stat sheets as well. So that is all over on Patreon. Uh, that is all really the plugs that I have. Just hit that subscribe button. It really does help me out. I appreciate it. And if you hit the five-star rate and review on the audio version, you will be entered into a contest to win a free Fantasy Draft contest entry into last week's or next week's is what I should say, week 13 main event. I'm going to see what they have contest-wise for Thursday, Thanksgiving. Maybe we can get some things given away for there. There will be Thanksgiving content, but we will get into that later in the week, probably on Tuesday videos will come out and populate for all the Thanksgiving content Tuesday and Wednesday. Let's get right into it. So hit that subscribe button. I appreciate it. Uh, people over on the audio version, how those ears doing? Uh, we'll get into it. Look, this is a slate that <laughs> I'm very big on the under, 46 and a half. Look, you have a team in uh, Baltimore that's going to run the ball 30 plus times. I mean, Lamar on his own will run. He's been averaging over 12 rush attempts per game for the last six weeks. You have 13 rush attempts per game and a guy like Mark Ingram. And then you have Gus Edwards averaging seven rush attempts per game. Justice Hill is averaging about two to three rush attempts per game, 2.9. So this team on average, like just based on all the ways that their running backs are running right now, they're averaging about 35 carries per game. So yeah, it's going to be a game where Baltimore, they want to do that. They want to run. I mean, they're leading routes uh, or leading targets right now over the last uh, four games is Mark Andrews. And he only has routes run 63 over the last four weeks. That's nothing. That's nothing at all. He's running like 16 routes a week, and he's leading this team. It's it's absolutely insane how little they're throwing the ball because they don't have to. They have a good defense. They have a quarterback who is mobile, and they have three uh, usable, and really just two, but three if you count Lamar, usable running backs. Lamar leading his team in um, yards per game at the running back, at the just running back position on the ground, but he's a quarterback. It's insane. Um, So it's an overview of the slate where they're going to try and run the ball. You have a secondary for Baltimore that has been elite top three over the last six weeks of the season since acquiring Marcus Peters, right? Marlon Humphreys has been locked down in the slot over the last month of the season, has been very good all year long. Jimmy Ward or Jimmy Smith, since getting healthier, has been strong. And then Marcus Peters is having the best year of his career, even better than his um, breakout year when he was with the Chiefs uh, in his early part of his career, the beginning of his career, really. Um, so, yeah, it's a spot where it's really tough for potentially no Robert Woods. He's day-to-day right now. They're saying with a personal reason. You have Brandon Cooks cleared to play, which is scary, but he went to the the almighty Pittsburgh concussion doctor. I believe Collins is his name. Um, one of the better ones to clear him. So he's going to be out there tentatively. We will see. So if you have a healthy Jared Goff, it's fine. But against a really stout secondary, it's a little bit worrisome. Where you attack Baltimore is more so on the ground. They rank 16th overall in run defense. And then also they don't get pressure. Baltimore's only ranked 31st in pressure rate. So that's really good for Jared Goff. And also Jared Goff being home is good for him. So we start this off with my interest. I only have 12 players starred here on this slate. And the reason being is usually what you get from 
the Rams is not a lot of depth, right? You have three wide receivers that you know. That's all they use. You have maybe one tight end with Gerald Everett. Tyler Higbee has not been used all that much, not running really any routes over the last month or two of the season, just running eight routes per week over the last three games. Um, and with Cooks and Woods do back, he's really out there. And then you have Todd Gurley, who's getting a ton of usage now and pushing away Malcolm Brown and even Daryl Henderson Jr. from being anything but viable so or anything of viable at all. So you have really just like six position players in the kicker and the defense um, for Jared Goff's side of it. And then the same, similar things can be said for Baltimore. Their offense runs through Mark Andrews, who's priced up, Hollywood Brown, who's priced up in a difficult matchup against Jalen Ramsey. Although Ramsey has been very bad this year, leads the league in catches allowed per game. He's only played in seven games and has allowed 33 receptions. That's insane for Jalen Ramsey. Over six receptions or over five receptions per game, right around five receptions per game right now for Jalen Ramsey is absolutely insane. Um, leads the league right now, which is which is crazy for a cornerback of his caliber. Obviously, he's had some tough matchups. Julio got him a little bit. Um, we'll get Hollywood Brown, rookie, which is much easier for a matchup for Ramsey, uh, I would say. But that's where the offense is, right? Mark Ingram has not been all that great on the ground. 13 rush attempts, 13.4 per game. His two receiving touchdowns last week aren't going to hold up. So it's a spot where you have Lamar Jackson standing out. But his price tag, <laughs> we, we will get there. But 13,600 is uh, absolutely insane to, to try and roster. And then these backup running backs, backup tight ends, I don't have much interest in. And then you get to kickers once again. So, yeah, there's not many viable player options in terms of depth on this slate looking for secondary guys for running back by committees. There's not much. Like, I know that you have Gus Edwards, but he'll see, what, six carries. He's averaging seven carries per week. He's averaging eight routes run per week. So more times than not, you get six to seven uh, touches at best for Gus Edwards. It's not a spot that I feel comfortable with, right, especially with Lamar Jackson being such a hot topic in the red zone for Baltimore. So, the disclaimer is that there's only 12 players in a player pool where usually I have around 15 for these type of slates, 16, and these are 12 players in the player pool with two kickers, so not many viable options, I say, on this slate, um, or at least ones that have upside. So we'll start it off. My two yeses, only two yeses on the slate, and it was really hard-pressed to try and find two because lots of guys are just priced properly in really difficult matchups. So Jared Goff is a yes at 8,400. Well, he's at home. I like that. He's facing the 31st-ring pressure defense. I like that, right? When this guy faces no pressure, he's a lot better of a quarterback. I mean, he's at home. He's a lot better of a quarterback. He's going to get Brandon Cook's back. He's going to get Robert Woods back. It's a good spot overall. The line continues to get healthier. Now, Baltimore is ninth in coverage, and they've been top five since acquiring Marcus Peters, number three, like I said earlier. So it's still a difficult matchup. But again, he's priced appropriately. He's only 8,400 on this slate. Um, More times than not, you'll see quarterbacks of his caliber in this type of a situation, at least at 9K. I think you're getting a discount on a slate where a lot of guys are overpriced, just bluntly. Um, Robert Woods at $7,000. If he's going to be back, I like him. He's my favorite Rams wide receiver at his price point of 7K. He'll avoid Marlon Humphrey. He'll probably avoid Marcus Peters, and he'll get Jimmy Smith, who in four games of action this year has been okay allowing two receptions per game and allowing around 19 yards per game and one touchdown in four games one of those games he got hurt so it's really about three games um, so Woods is probably to get uh, Jimmy Smith which is the most beneficial matchup for a Rams wide receiver you're going to get Cooper Cup in the slot against Marlon Humphrey you're going to get Brandon Cooks on the outside probably if all these guys do suit up we're using that assumption against um uh, on the outside against Marcus Peters. So Woods and Goff are the guys that I like the most in this league based on their pricing, just based on their matchups. Goff probably more so than Woods. Secondary options. We'll start with Lamar Jackson, $13,600. That's insane. I- I've never seen a price point this high. The highest I've seen before this was in the mid-12K range for a showdown slate. 13600 is insane. Um, we know what his upside is, right? He- he's probably going to th- score 20 points uh, minimum here. Uh, you have him as being one of the only players I'd imagine on this slate that can hit 20 plus points. There's probably like three or four guys that probably hit it. Um, more times than not on this slate. Um, so the upside here is you can lock in a 20-point out of this guy. He'll probably have at least six, seven fantasy points on the ground. He's averaging over 80 yards per game on the ground this season, which is just insane. Obviously, then he has the the, the passing game upside, and he'll probably score at least one touchdown in one of those departments, if not multiple. So 
Um, yeah, it's a spot where Lamar Jackson is overpriced. I probably don't get there because of the pricing, but when you look at this slate, everybody's overpriced, and there's not a lot of guys you can rely on to score 20-plus points. It's probably Goff. It's probably Lamar Jackson, and then maybe, like consistently, a Gurley, maybe consistently a, cu- a Cup or a Mark Andrews on a very uh, kind of reaching for the Mark Andrews tier, but four or five guys, right? So Lamar Jackson, if he goes for 28, he'll be needed on this type of a slate, even at that uh, even at that salary. He goes for 20, 22. I'm not sure he's needed, but there's actually a chance more so than not because he has the mobility and this slate is a little bit difficult so he's definitely in play it's just really tough to want to swallow that price tag mark andrews at 9200 63 routes run over the last four games 15.75 per week and that leads the team it's insane 23 targets on the year or or during that time on just 63 routes run so he's been seeing 5.8 targets per game over the last month of the season leads the team in targets and routes run he's definitely overpriced like he's 9200 for a guy who's averaging less than six targets per game but those targets definitely come around the red zone he's the number one red zone target on this team without a doubt now the problem is when they get to the red zone they usually run more than they pass so at 9200 i lean not to get to mark andrews as much as i would get to him his role is very much um, like he doesn't have to run routes. The fact that he's only playing 30, 40% of the snaps some weeks, it doesn't matter because he's running very similar routes to uh, some tight ends. But I mean, 15.8 routes run per week. It's just insane. Whenever he's on the field, he's just getting targeted. Um, The fact that you're going to see six targets when you're only running 16 routes per week is insane that on every third route, you're getting a target. Um, They're just throwing this guy the ball, right? Very limited offense overall. He's overpriced on this slate, but I don't want to put him as a no because I do think the red zone upside keeps him at least viable. Ty Gurley at 8,800 is very close to a yes for me. We've seen him just absolutely break out in terms of the last few weeks of being healthy now. He's just been the back or the workhorse. You see 30-plus touches last week, looked as healthy as ever, um, even in a somewhat difficult matchup. Look, 14, negative 14% run blocking advantage here. Um, they are ranked 16th overall, Baltimore, but the offensive line for the Rams has not been good anywhere near good for in pass protection or due to some injuries and people leaving this uh, over the offseason. And then just also injuries and just bad play. So, yeah, uh, pass protection and run blocking has not been great. Uh, it's a spot where overall, I think at 8,800, when you factor in that he could see 20 plus touches, it does work out to be pretty nice. So I will get to some Todd Gurley, not a lot of interest. Uh, Hollywood Brown at $8,000 flat. We'll see Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey, like we said, in just seven games because he sat out with some of the holdout or back issues or personal issues, whatever the excuses were, 33 uh, receptions for 433 yards and two touchdowns against him. So far, he's having the worst season of his career with 108.6 pass rating against. That is in seven games, he's allowed 33 receptions. Once again, the most receptions per game for anybody that has played seven plus games of coverage snaps. Uh, Ramsey, again, he is Jalen Ramsey. He's going to have a rookie going up against him. So I'm not really too worried for the matchup for Ramsey as much as I am for Hollywood Brown. But it is at least worth mentioning that Ramsey has not been good so far this season. Brandon Cooks at 6,600 if he's in play. He will get Marcus Peters, who has been top 10 in passer rating against so far this season, only allowing 25 receptions uh, and 298 yards in 10 games. So 2.5 receptions per game for 29.8 yards per game, four INTs on the year, two pick sixes, 54.9 pass rating against. Really tough matchup for Cooks if he returns. Um, it's not a spot that I'm prioritizing, but he's 6,600. It's a very fair price point. We get down to some of these cheaper guys. Gerald Everett at 4,800. He's running 20.25 routes run per week over the last month. That's really good for a tight end. It's very stable. 5.1 targets per game. That's, that's what you would expect from a decent play tight end at the $4,800 level. You get four, five targets out of him, hopefully one or two red zone targets. He's only seen eight red zone targets all year, so he's averaging a little bit right around one per game because he was injured earlier this year. Uh, he'll likely be more involved if you see no woods, and that's why I'll get more interest in him. Otherwise, I'm probably just going to lean on some of these kickers. Justin Tucker and Greg Zerline might be the two best kickers in the league. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that kickers are very close to being, yes, Justin Tucker might be very close to on this slate, and we'll do it right now on this on this recording, 
Um, he's probably a yes. You can do the same thing for Zerline. I slightly prefer Tucker, $200 more. He, he grades out right now in Vegas to have a better field goal prop. Um, but, yeah, you can get to either of these guys. 46.5 over-under. You have Baltimore's three-point favorites. I do like Justin Tucker there. Uh, Miles Boykin at 1,600. Look, these are just dart throws, right? 13.1 routes run per week. He's only seen 16 targets in 10 games this season. Not great. He's only had nine catches for 131 yards. Yards has found the box this season. Uh, he'll have a positive matchup, the best matchup on the field against Troy Hill. The only problem is they don't run a ton of two wide receiver sets. They run a lot of Willie Sneed and Hollywood Brown when they run, or three wide receiver sets. They'll run a lot of Willie Sneed and Hollywood Brown, and then you'll not really get that much Miles Boykin on the field. You're lucky if he's out there for like 30% of the snaps. You saw last week you had Seth Roberts out there for 60 plus percent of the snaps. Their wide receiver rotation is so weird. But if I was going to take a flyer on one of these secondary options uh, on the Ravens. It would be Boykin, just know that's very low upside. And then Hayden Hurst, backup tight end. He runs about 12 routes per week over the last uh, five weeks. He's had two targets per week over the last five weeks. On the season, he, he is averaging two receptions per game, 2.4 targets per week, and 12.4 routes run. So like, what you're pretty much getting out of Hayden Hurst is one to two receptions at $800. You're hoping for a touchdown, right? You're hoping for a touchdown, but there's nobody else in this $200 range that I think has similar upside. You'll get Justice Hill at $200 flat for 2.9 carries per game this season. Ten total snaps is what you would likely see here. That's not upside. Johnny Munt is $200 as a tight end, but he's only ran four routes over the last month, one route per week because he's a blocking tight end. Seth Roberts has ran just 19.7 routes um, per game. A routes run per game uh, so far this season uh, is just 16 total targets through 10 games, 11 receptions for 130 yards. So he's just not doing anything on his routes. He's not getting any separation at this point in his career. Malcolm Brown's not really interesting to me. Gus Edwards, he's about 7.1 rush attempts per game. There's no upside there at that price point. If he was like 1,600, then Edwards becomes a little bit more interesting. But even if Edwards gets eight carries for 50 yards here, he's still 2,600. That's not great. You're going to have kickers outscoring him by potentially double. Nick Boyle at $3,000 flat. I like the guy's upside in terms of how often he plays, but he only runs 13.4 routes per week. He's only seen three targets per game, which is pretty decent for a backup tight end, but he's not priced like one. He's priced at $3,000. I need to see more than three targets per week. I need to see more than 2.3 receptions per week, right? This guy so far in the season... He's averaging um, right around 20 receiving yards per game for about two receptions. So he's averaging about four fantasy points per week. If he was 1,800, that would actually be viable on this type of a slate, right? But at $3,000, again, I'd just rather prefer getting to kickers. Uh, Josh Reynolds is not in play for me if indeed you have Robert Woods and Cooks back. He's only going to play like 20% of the snaps at best. They run a very strict three wide receiver set. Uh, Willie Sneed at 3,200 leads the team in routes run this season, 223 in the year. That's 22.3 per game. But he's only seen 30 total targets, and he's had two of his touchdowns, both of them, or two of the three in garbage time so he's getting about three targets per week and he's 3200 he's a very similar player to a guy like seth roberts this year right in the games that he's played except seth roberts is two thousand dollars cheaper so sneed's not a guy that i have that much interest in either i'd rather just pay for these kickers raven's defense at 5600 probably not going to get there they look like you have jared goff at home and you're not going to be able to pressure him so even though your secondary is fine it's just a steep price point to pay for a spot where i don't see a lot of sacks i don't see a lot of forced mistakes on jared goff cooper cup at 9800 i probably don't get there he'll face marlon humphrey in the slot humphrey in the slot so far this season has only allowed 17 receptions 208 yards and one touchdown in nine games of overall coverage in the slot and he's been in the slot primarily now for about six or seven straight weeks I'd rather tell, test some other spots. Like if Cup was 8,800, more interest there. But uh, Cup being the um, second highest player on the slate right now, or third highest player behind Mark Ingram somehow and Lamar Jackson, it's just a really brutal matchup to see you getting there. Even if Cup ends up with like 
13, 14 fantasy points. I don't even know if he's needed. Mark Ingram is one of the worst price players in the slate at $10,200. Um, so I'll happily pass here. Ingram's only seeing 13.6 carries per game. His quarterback is outrunning him per game in terms of rushing yards. Over the last six weeks of the season, Lamar Jackson is averaging more rush attempts than his own uh, primary running back, quote unquote primary, with Mark Ingram seeing like only 40, 50, 50% of the snaps per week right now. So yeah, it's not a spot that I'm going to pay uh, like five figures. I, I wouldn't even want to pay like eight figures for, or, or $8,000 for Mark Ingram, let alone 10000 plus. So it's pretty crazy to me that he's that expensive on this type of a slate. Uh, we just went through every name, every viable name, at least in my opinion. Uh, Rams defense is not something that I want to target at 2800 You're facing a team that's going to run the ball probably 35 to 40 times in this game, and they're going to throw it like 20 to 22 times. Uh, maybe somewhere around 25 times they run 35 times but that being said they're just going to milk the clock and you have a guy in Lamar Jackson who is going to run more than he probably um, throws in terms of the upside well that's that's not true he's not going to run 25 times but he'll run 25 times and or he'll throw 25 times and he'll run somewhere around like 10 to 12 to 15 times so when it's that balanced for a quarterback it just really makes it really hard for a defense to force pressure right this is a guy who is elusive back there in the pocket it's really hard to make him have sack fumbles to force him into pick sixes. It's just a guy who's a different type of animal, uh, a quarterback. He's a unicorn, if you will. Tough to get defensive scoring out of that. So just to recap, my yeses are really just like Jared Goff and Justin Tucker, or Jared Goff and insert the kicker you like more between Justin Tucker and Greg Zerline. Um, and then Robert Woods becomes like a, a very low-end yes for me, not something that I have a ton of confidence in. We'll see what his status is come tomorrow. My maybes are Lamar Jackson, even with that price point. Like usually, I've been fading uh, 12,000 plus quarterbacks all year. The first one that I played was Deshaun Watson. Why did I play him? It was a slate where I didn't see that many people, um, or he was 11,000 plus. Um, but I've been fading a lot of 11,000 plus quarterbacks on showdown slates this year, and it's been working. But why did I play? Uh, Deshaun Watson. Well, the number one reason why I played Deshaun Watson was, well, it was a slate where there wasn't a lot of optimal scoring plays and he has mobility. Lamar Jackson is the definition of a mobile quarterback right there with Mike Vick. Um, and it's a spot where there's not a lot of other scoring plays on this slate or the ones that might have upside are just overpriced, right? Mark Ingram, Cooper Cup, uh, Mark Andrews, all in my opinion are overpriced, even Todd Gurley to an extent. Mark Andrews, Todd Gurley also in play for me. Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown has a, a sneaky good matchup. Ramsey's been struggling this year, but again, he's still Jalen Ramsey against a rookie wide receiver. Tough matchup without a doubt. Brandon Cook should return. Fair price point there. Uh, again, the kickers are in play. Miles Boykin and Hayden Hurst. I probably don't even get to them, but they're if like people are just trying to search for low end flyers, those would be the guy that the guys that I go to. They're just really thin. Like what you're hoping there is a touchdown. Miles Boykin had it last week, I believe. You're just hoping for a touchdown. Um you're going to get two targets probably at best out of these guys. So that's where I'm at right now. It is a gross showdown slate. This is a very gross showdown slate because both teams have very compressed offenses and, and compressed offenses that are spread out pretty equally. Um, so not a great spot to target. I think golf in a kicker is like the only thing that I feel really stable about on this type of a slate. So thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button before you go. We will have... Uh, just uh, Thanksgiving content coming on Tuesday, maybe even tomorrow on Monday, depending on when I can get all this stuff out. I mean, if you're watching this on Monday, then potentially today, but more than likely Tuesday, Thanksgiving content will be dropping as well as Wednesday. Uh, keep an eye on Instagram. I'll be posting some updates on stories about potential free things that'll go out for Thanksgiving uh, on the Patreon exclusive stuff. You can get that linked up down below if you're interested. Follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. Hit that subscribe button, five-star rate and review on the audio version. Thank you for tuning into this one. I really do appreciate it, and I will see you in the next one. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.